Hi, I'm Michaela, a psychotherapist. Hi, I'm Savannah, not a psychotherapist. Welcome to our podcast, Be You, Find Happy. Real life conversations about life and the pursuit of happiness. So I am sitting at the Healing Shala, which is the office where I practice therapy, and I am thinking about all of the things that I wanted to talk with you guys about today. And most notably, I want to talk to you about shame. (laughs) But before we do that, um, you know, there's been a lot of questions, like direct messages on Instagram about workshops and different things like that. And I felt like it was probably a good time to share with some of the listeners the workshops that I do have and um, some other exciting news because there is so much happening in the way of Be You, Find Happy. And I felt like I would be remiss to not share that with you. Uh, So to start, if you are in the Northern California area, I have um, an incredible outdoor workshop called Finding Your Path coming up October 8th. That is a Tuesday. We're going to be doing some cairn building and rock painting and um, just really looking at synchronicity and the messages that surround us and and, um, learning a little bit about how to be present in the moment so that we can receive the messages that we're meant to hear. And I'm very excited about that workshop and you can learn about that on my website. I will put a link to uh, register for that workshop in the show notes. But the really big exciting news, and this is the first time that I'm ever doing this. And so, um, it's a great time to jump on because I'm actually going to be offering, um, this first one for free, which is going to be a webinar. So no matter where you are in the world, you will be able to join, uh, this webinar, which is to pre-stress away the holiday mess. So it is three simple steps to, um, make the holidays more enjoyable. It is going to be a free webinar. It's going to last about an hour um, you know, give or take. And, um, it's definitely going to be different than my traditional workshops being that it is an online, um, platform, but I have had a lot of requests for people that don't live in California that have wanted to attend. And so I am super excited to bring this, um, to you. And the only way that you can learn about it is actually on Instagram at this time. So if you are interested in learning about this free online holiday de-stress webinar, then hop over to instagram.com forward slash us Johnson's. So our handle us Johnson's and, um, follow, and then keep an eye on stories where I will be announcing more about that webinar. And then lastly, and this is super awesome for me, um, is that, you know, if you follow me on Instagram and if you are a client, you know, that I'm often sharing, um, really cool tools that I have stumbled upon, whether it be something for health and wellness, like uh, vitamins or skincare, or whether it is something hippie and fun, like a boho top, or, and most importantly, if it's actual tools like coloring books, um, positive affirmation tools, gratitude journals, different things like that. And a lot of times you ask where... I got this and there's usually only two answers. The first one is boutiques. I love to shop at mom and pop boutiques. 
That is definitely my favorite place to uh, for cool little finds, um, especially like the metaphysical shops. And the second place is Amazon. So <laughs> uh, I am very excited to announce that I have launched a BU Find Happy Amazon shop. Super exciting. Um, the address for that is amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash us Johnson's. And um, I will put a link in the show notes, but there's all sorts of great things that I've loaded up there. Um, really the, the top ones that I get feedback about that you guys um, always ask me like, where did you get that? Or where can I find that? And so I've put some of the top ones on there and I definitely hope that you check it out. Um, I also put all my books on there. So they're all in one spot, makes it really easy to find them. Okay. So let's talk about shame. (laughs) So two times in the last week, I was interviewed for podcasts. The first one was actually called the just one more chapter podcast. And, um, they were interviewing me. Normally when people request an interview, it's usually about teetering on disaster and, um, or it's about the BU Find Happy podcast, but rarely is it about the BU Find Happy starter kit. <laughs> and so, guys, let me just put this out there. Like, I will just say this straight up. Um, I'm not impressed by BU Find Happy. <laughs> um, I can admit it. When I first started writing BU Find Happy, it was about five or six years ago. And, um, yeah, cause my son was, let's see, I wrote me and Mo when my son was three and I had started the BU find happy book at that time. And he's eight now. So that was five years ago. Um, but I never intended it. And the reason that it's an ebook is I wrote it for my clients. So it was originally titled, uh, living vintage in a hectic modern world. And the idea was that you could um, simplify your life in seven simple steps. And um, really, it was kind of, I wrote it because I felt like I was like this record on repeat. And literally every client, I was like, okay, we're going to start by doing this. And then we're going to do that. And then we're going to do this. And it's not to say that my therapy isn't customized, but it's to say that like at the core we're all pretty damn similar and we're all pretty simple. And so um, when clients would come to see me, they would often be in the throes of depression or anxiety. And I'd like to say that it's kind of like this onion. Um, And if you take a knife and you slice an onion down the middle, all the sulfuric gas releases and it sears your retinas and you start to tear up and you can't see anything. And when people come to see me, that's, that's where they're at. They've just like chopped the onion and they come in and they're just blurry to the world. They're just, um, surrounded by unhappy. And, um, my job is to take the onion and just slowly peel back the layers to get to the core. Um, and at the core, we're all, we're all pretty similar. Like usually whatever's on the external side might look a little different, but on the inside, it's usually similar stuff. It's like fear of abandonment, um, uh, 
you know, or uh, fear of commitment and different things like this. And they're from these past experiences that we had sometimes in our infancy where our needs weren't met and, um, and we hold on to them and the brain is so good. I I talked about this in, um, a couple episodes back about how great our human survival system is. That old reptilian brain has helped humans survive for many years. So, um, we peel back the layer of the onion, we get to the core and we kind of look at what's underneath there. And usually, um, you know, why people are depressed or anxious or whatever is because they're feeling some level of shame and, um, and they haven't been heard. And that is huge. And so, um, I even posted on Instagram a couple days ago about this idea, this quote from Maya Angelou, um, that says, you know, um, the, the deepest pain, something to this effect, and I'm going to chop it up, but the deepest pain is an untold story. And I encourage people to, you know, speak your truth with grace. And if not to everyone, to someone be heard. And I got a lot of DMS from that. Um, and this is ironic (laughs) because on my Instagram posts, I'm usually diving in, in these captions with a personal kind of story, just like I do on the podcast. And, um, I, I do get a lot of DMs and I'm so grateful for them. And then try to reply to all of them within a reasonable amount of time. Um, and I'm so thankful that the words have like some wings and are inspirational to someone. Cause often I feel like I'm just talking to the air. Uh, like right now I'm sitting here staring at this beautiful tree and I'm guessing, I don't know what it is. I, I don't think it's a maple. I don't think it's an Oak. Um, it's definitely not an oak and it's definitely not a maple because the leaves are not right. It kind of looks like willowy almost, but I'll take a picture and post it on my Instagram and see if any of you can identify what it is. Um, and a hummingbird feeder and this uh, beautiful open field. And um, that's, that's what I'm speaking to literally is an open empty field. <laughs> So a lot of times I I wonder if these messages are being heard and then I get DMs and realize they are. Um, On that note, total total side tangent here. Um, I believe a lot in the spiritual messages that we receive, which is a lot what the workshop coming up is going to be about. And I recently had a hawk or hawks that were literally going out of their way to like zoom overhead, zoom in front of me. One almost hit my car. Um, then I was at a place where I've never seen a hawk before. And one was circling like right over my head, zooming down. Um, and so I take that as a message that I'm supposed to receive. Um, and then last week while I was here at my therapy practice, I had a hawk crash into these, there's two big glass windows in my therapy office and literally not once, but twice this hawk crashed. And I thought for sure it was going to break its neck and like die, but it didn't. Um, And so this week I brought these beautiful mandala like stickers and put them on the glass because I do not, I think I'm like, I get it, Hawk. I hear you. Please don't kill yourself trying to get me the message. Um, so anyway, I do need to look up the spirit meaning of the Hawk animal. Uh, there's definitely something there that I'm supposed to be taking away. Maybe it has to do with what I've just been talking about. Maybe it has to do with shame. Maybe it has to do with empty, empty words, 
or words on wings. I'm not sure. Um, but I'm definitely in this moment, just starting to draw some connections, um, having said it out loud. And that kind of ties back into this idea of your story being heard. Um, you know, sharing, sharing out loud is so therapeutic. Um, but I do want to talk about shame because I feel like that is a big part of, um, what holds us back from speaking our truth with grace. And, um, I've been feeling that a lot myself lately. And I went down this road just now of like this huge, huge tangent. (laughs) I know the idea was that we were going to talk about shame, but I've kind of forgotten, um, where I was going with that. Oh yes. Two podcast episodes last week on BU find happy. So I wrote BU find happy, um, a few years ago and I finished it just recently, like in the last two years. Um, it is about 5,000 words. Now as an author who has published, uh, two, 80,000 word novels, one being a memoir and one being a fiction book and five children's books. I can tell you 5,000 words is not an acceptable amount of words. (laughs) Like if you just Google the average book, um, they're usually on the low end 60,000 words, unless it's a children's book and on the high end, 120,000 words. So, um, my most recent book, which is currently, um, going through the publishing process, it's called, well, right now it's called the girl in the journal. Um, but it probably won't be called that by the time all of the important knowledgeable people get done with it. (laughs) Um, anyway, it's 80,000 words. So to give you an idea, like writing be you find happy, the starter kit, and having it sit at 5,000 words is like embarrassing. And so when people ask me about the books I've written, I don't even count that because it's not like a book. You know, that is like I sat down at lunch one day and wrote some shit down that I was thinking about and published it. But that's not true. But you find happy was five years in the making and 10 years in the psychotherapy field. Um, And it was with great intention that it was only 5,000 words. It was written that way so that I could give it to my clients and say, here is just some basic tools to get you started. And it's simple and it's easy and it's not going to be a thesis on happiness and it's not going to uh, leave you kind of more upside down about how than right side up. It's simple, tangible tools. And so that's really where it came from. And so when Just One More Chapter asked me for a podcast interview about Be You Find Happy, I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) Are you sure that you don't want to talk to me about anything else that I've written? And um, they're like, no, we love the starter kit. It is great and tangible and easy to use. And we totally want to talk to you about, you know, we want to dive into your brain behind this. And it was such a great recording. It was such a great podcast recording. Um, And then guys, there's this whole other thing that came from that recording with the ladies that were recording with me at the time. There were two of them. 
and they had a bit of a, of a disconnect or a falling out or business, you know, ending. And only one of them is actually heard in the podcast um, from that, which I felt shameful about because I connected with the other person in the podcast and I felt like her question should be heard. And the result of that podcast recording, by the way, and I'll put a link in the show notes is, um, because they chopped out the other girl, it's like a lot of me just like talking and (laughs) kind of like I'm doing now without the questions, which makes it sounds a little odd, but the idea, um, behind it is still there and it's still important. And, um, the experience that I had with that process was realizing that there is value in BU find happy, the starter kit. And I don't need to feel shameful about it, but something also really beautiful has stemmed from this experience. And that is that I am super motivated to write a 60,000 word, um, self-help book. Um, but it didn't just start there. That was the seed that was kind of planted. And then a few days later, Um, I was being pre-interviewed, which has like literally never happened before in my life for an interview (laughs) for the National Institute of Whole Health um, for an iHeartRadio podcast called Living Above the Drama. And if I did well in the pre-interview, then I would get the real interview. And so that in and of itself like created some sense of like potential shame for me. Like, Oh, you may or may not be good enough. We just kind of need to talk to you first and see. And (laughs) so guys, they were interviewing me about happiness and let me tell you the start of my day. So the five days prior to that interview were like 90 degrees and sunny. And then that day, the weather decided to drop into the fifties and, um, it also called for rain, but it wasn't like, like wee little bits of rain. Like it decided to pellet rain down. Um, and so the interview started with her being like, it sounds like you're clacking on the keyboard. Are you multitasking? And I'm like soaked by the way, cause I had run to my car from outside, um, sitting in my car, rain is pelleting the sunroof and the lady is calling me out on the fact that like, I am not in a reasonable recording area. <laughs> so it's starting really shitty. I'm in a very bad mood at this point. And she starts asking me about happiness and I'm like, one, two, blah, 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 happiness, blah, 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 be you happiness, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if it's that she like picked up on my energetic level or if, um, and she's like highly intelligent. This, this interviewer was super duper duper, um, smart. She'd been in the medical field for like 40 years and in media for just as long. Um, (laughs) and you know, she's like, um, I'm just going to stop you right here and tell you that literally I can Google everything you've just said. You're not telling my listeners anything new. Um, you're supposed to be a happy expert. And frankly, what you have to say is boring. (laughs) And wet dog status, you know, rain pelleting on the roof. And I'm like, literally feeling every ounce of shame rearing up inside of me. It's just literally like, I wanted to say like, okay, fuck you. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Come again. (laughs) No soup for you. Come back one year. 
Um, yeah. And ironically, at the time I'm reading this book, literally I'm on the page. Okay. I'm reading, um, Brene Brown's dare to lead. And let me, let me just stop for one second and say, first time I heard the name Brene Brown was 10 years ago or thereabouts. Um, when she had her Ted talk, the power of vulnerability at the time I was early in my therapy career and everyone was like, Oh my God, you have to see this Ted talk. And I watched this Ted talk and I'm like, Holy shit. Revolutionary. This is a world changer. She is fucking amazing. And red rising strong, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So her new book, I'm finally getting around to it. Cause guys, I, I like to take my time. And when I, so I change it up. So I do a fiction, trashy, fun fiction, and then I do a self-help read of some sort. And there's multiple reasons I do a self-help read. One, self-help. Two, I'm a psychotherapist. People expect me to know these things and to be up on the latest and greatest of these things. So therefore I need to be reading these things because inevitably I learn stuff from my clients too, um, that I try to bring them new things that I've read as well. Um, to continually grow. So um, Dare to Lead was on my shelf and I was finishing Simplicity Parenting and a couple other books that I was reading. And next up, by the way, I have Boundaries. It's called Boundaries. And I have um, Grit by Angela. Um, Oh, shoot. What's her last name? I forget. But I've started Grit and I just put it down to do some others. So I do think I need to do an episode on some of these self-help reads and just kind of pull out the best of the best of what I've found. And even including Rachel Hollis's like, girl, wash your face, girl, stop apologizing. There's some pearls in there. Um, so yeah, but I'm reading Brene Brown's Dare to Lead and I'm literally on the page and it is page 161. If you want to grab that book and follow along about shame shields. And as a therapist, I'm real familiar with shame. And like I told you guys, it's like really the outward expression of anxiety and depression and sadness and all those things, those big therapy words that we use, like generalized anxiety disorder or major depressive disorder. Um, shame, 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 shame. So I'm sitting here and I'm feeling what Brene Brown describes as shame shields and it's all of them. And let me talk a little bit about the physical symptomology of shame. And Brene doesn't really talk too much about this, but um, maybe she does a little bit, but I've not seen it. Um, and maybe I just skipped over that part because I, <laughs> I, I know that part a little more intimately, but the physical manifestation of shame, right? Our, our face flushes, um, our heart races, our palms get sweaty. Um, some people say, well, that's anxiety or nervousness or panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, all that, like go ahead and give it whatever definition you want to. And so I'm feeling this physical manifestation, right? I'm a soggy, wet dog sitting in the car and I'm feeling hot as fuck. And it is because of shame. And so Brene Brown says that, um, Okay, that uh, Linda Hartling and her fellow researchers at the Stone Center at Wellesley call strategies of disconnection. And she calls them shame shields. So there's moving away, where we withdraw, hide, silence ourselves, or keep secrets. 
There's moving toward, where we seek to appease and please. And there's moving against, where we try to gain power over others by being aggressive and using shame to fight shame. And, you know, they describe them as self-protection, but moves us away from authenticity and wholeheartedness. And this is absolutely true. So in that moment, I felt all of those shame shields. I felt, um, you know, really wanting to say uh, bye-bye and hang up, which would be moving away. I felt um, moving against, like trying to say, you know, I've been in this field for this many years and I know this and da-da-da-da-da. And then the the third thing that I definitely felt was like, I just want to make this woman happy so that she like lightens up on me and like isn't so hard on me. I felt all of those things. But what I opted to do was I opted to sit with it. I opted to sit with shame and really dive into uh, this idea that I didn't have to do any of those things. I didn't have to make any decision right then. I could sit with it and then I could explore it. I could question some of her questions. I could answer some of her questions. And it was okay for me to play with shame in a way that worked for me. So that is the direction that I opted to go. I opted to sit with it against everything that I wanted to do, against everything that my gut told me, my inner voice. And let me let me correct that and say it wasn't my gut. It was my inner narrative, my self-talk that was yelling all these shameful, like, yeah, get out of there. You suck. You're not worthy. Go, bye, hang up, quick, run. And instead, I opted to sit. And guys, what this woman told me was incredibly profound. And it was something that I really needed to hear. It was a message that could not come with better timing. It was something I needed to know. And that was, she wasn't saying, you're not worthy. She was saying, I want your story. I want to hear you. I want you to paint the picture for how you came to find happiness. Not what you've read in books that everyone else has written. Tell me your story. And right then, I just like had all these connections zooming around. And she was so right. Even on my Instagram, when I take a picture facing out on a beautiful vista, I don't get the feedback from others as when I'm facing the camera. And when I just put a quote from Maya Angelou and don't put my story or my thoughts or my experience in there, people don't relate. They've all read the quote. It's not enough. And that is what I started to realize that I had done wrong with Be You Find Happy. I had written something for everyone else that made it easier for me. It was tools and it was great and it was tangible and it was all those wonderful things. And there's a lot of value in Be You Find Happy. It's a great starter kit, but it was never going to be 
what I had inside of me, which is 60,000 words, putting myself in the book. And guys, I feel incredibly inspired from that podcast recording. And when I come back, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the direction. She did grant me a real interview and we did the real interview and there was a lot of really great conversation there. When we come back, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it and um, what my ultimate definition is for happiness. Welcome back. (laughs) We left off talking a little bit about shame and my experience with shame. And so just to kind of circle back on, on what I found with shame, I think that it is important um, that in order to move through shame, Brene describes it as being vulnerable, but I describe it as being heard, being validated Um, and in order to do that, I think sometimes we have to sit with shame and feel it and be in it and recognize that all of the messages that we're giving ourselves, um, there may be truth to some of them, but not all of them. And shame is there to protect us in some way from, these life experiences that we've had along the way where our brain has decided this is where we need protection. And so if we sit with it and we think about it and we feel it, then we can really start to talk about it. And how we talk about it doesn't mean we need to necessarily blab our whole story. But maybe we just ask questions of others and questions of ourselves. And so it could be something as simple. It doesn't have to be this big life thing. Like it could be something as simple as when somebody says, like, let's say you say, um, oh my gosh, I'm so hot today. And the other person says, really? I think it's like a lot cooler than it's been. And in that moment you feel like, oh, maybe I'm, something's wrong with me. Maybe it's like, I'm, my body temperature is running funky or, um, you want to, appease them or agree with them and say, oh yeah, no, you're right. It is a lot cooler. And you feel like shameful. Like I shouldn't feel hot today because it is cooler. Shame can be something as simple as that. And if we sit with it for a second and think about our why or think about our motivation, 
or think about the space in which we're coming from, then we can speak our truth with grace and say, oh, I could see how you might feel that way, but I'm definitely hotter today. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe, um, maybe the air is more humid or something, or it's just the way that it's sitting with me. Um, and then we don't have to take that shame, especially on things that are so inconsequential as that interaction might be. So here's what's funny. In this interview that I did, the woman really wanted to understand how I define happiness. And this is really what she kind of hammered me on in the pre-interview. And I kept trying to tell her, it's not definable. It's not definable. I can't tell you this is what happiness is. I can't tell you this is how, if you do this, this, and this, and this, then you're going to achieve it because it is intrinsic and it is so unique for every individual. It's not something that we can just simply um, outline like that. I can't define it for everyone else. And ultimately she kept saying, well, your son, he must be the greatest source of happiness for you. And the truth is, yes, he is some of the happiest, most exhilarating, exuberant moments that I experience in my life. But he has also been the source of some of the greatest painful moments I've ever felt. Like when he was in the emergency room last week and um, I wasn't being heard by the doctors and I felt shameful because they were more educated than I was, but I knew something was wrong with my son. And when he said, mommy, why is God punishing me? What have I done? Why am I a bad boy? And those moments of complete and utter heart-wrenching pain that I felt. So that's not the answer, right? And to some extent, my son is an extrinsic happy factor. He's not, with, he's not within. He is something externally that lives in my heart, absolutely, but he he is external to me and therefore he can be a source of pain, not from what he does necessarily, but from witnessing his own life. And so after sitting with this woman on the real interview, <laughs> you know, she really asked me, can you just put a word on it? And so I told her, if I have to put a word on it, that word is going to be peace. And I want to explain that to you. Like, I really want to, but I think it would be better for you to listen to the whole interview. So I'm going to put the link to the Living Above the Drama podcast in here so that you can really listen to it for yourself and um, see how I came to that idea and how I kind of define the word peace because I feel like it's tossed around a lot. But here's what's ironic. In continuing the read for Brene Brown, she gets to um, on page 187 and she talks about values. Um, and she talks about kind of like that if we profess our values, then we practice them and we walk our talk and we are clear about what we believe and hold important. And we um, then they seep into our words and our intentions and our thoughts. But she also says you need to identify what your list of values are. And she gives like this huge list um, of values, right? And, they, you know, I mean, everything from accountability to compassion to financial stability to harmony, all the way down to wisdom. Peace is on the list. But when I was going through this list, 
I couldn't select peace. So you, you've got to go listen to this other podcast on how I kind of came to peace. But while I see peace as being the ultimate in happiness, it was not my top two for my list of values. The top two that I wrote were hope and trust. Hope and trust. And I can't really explain that yet. I don't really understand why what I thought to be as the root of happiness, the value being peace was not one on my list of values that I was choosing for my life. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I've I've sort of kind of been sitting with that and wondering, well, is that because I don't feel like I've achieved happiness and I'm kind of this ever learner who's continually trying to get to that point in which I would consider, or is it because I need hope and trust in order to achieve peace? I'm not really sure. I don't really have the answer on that, but she says here, the beliefs that are most important and dear to you help you find your way in the dark and fill you with a feeling of purpose. Resist holding on to words that resemble something you've been coached to be or words that have never felt true for you. So I'm going to encourage you to take a look at, and she says that this list of values is on her website, which I think is brenebrown.com. Let's see. Yep, brenebrown.com. And you can take a look at this list. There's like, I don't know, 40, 50 different values on here. And identify what yours might be. Does this define you? Is this who you are at your best? And is this a filter that you use to make hard decisions? So I felt like I couldn't have an episode on shame without talking about Brene Brown because I feel like she is really the trailblazer on this topic. And um, I feel like I have a lot to learn with shame. And I have definitely some things in my life that I still feel very shameful about. And I can't help but wonder if I think about these big things in life and I look at them as the top layer of the onion, can I find a space when I'm sitting with shame to tap into these values of hope and trust? For me, hope and trust. For you, they'll be different. But can I somehow dive in to these times when I felt most shameful and see if there is some healing in those values that I believe to be at the core of my onion? And I think that answer is yes. And I think that for you, if you can sit with shame and have a discussion with it and talk to it and tap into whatever these values might be for you, that there will be healing. And I truly believe the path to healing is being heard. The path to healing is sharing, is sharing these stories, asking these questions, 
Maybe it's not with the person who makes you feel shameful. Maybe it's with someone else. But I think if you can tap into this idea that you can sit with this and it's not going to kill you, it may hurt like hell. It may sear your retinas. But if you can slowly start to peel back these layers and get to that center and dive into what those values are, then there will be healing. And share your story. Put you in the story. Don't detach from the situations and the things because they're shameful or they create shame or they make you feel less than. But rather, sit with it. And say, I deserve to be here right now. And I don't mean deserve in a bad way. I mean deserve in a gift way. Like, there's an awesome thing to learn from all of this. And I think if we can find that, it is revolutionary. It is the change, the positive change that we need. And I know for me that because I sat with shame, I learned a lot about my ability to be resilient. And I learned a lot about the fact that I am walking my path. And I learned a lot about the fact that I have a lot to do. Like I have a lot to improve. Like there's just a lot of things that I can um, shift for the better. And since kind of having this moment, I have really dove into what is my purpose and what can I be doing? And now I'm like so over the girl in the journal. Yeah, it's a great book. It's wonderful. It's a fiction read. Hopefully it'll come out next year sometime, but I'm super stoked about this next book that I'm writing. I'm super stoked about (laughs) the irony of it. I'm super stoked about the direction of it. And I'm going to stay super high level about it because it's just the very, very, very beginning phases. And if there's one thing I've learned, it's that stuff takes a lot longer uh, than I want it to. (laughs) On that note, I posted on Instagram today about this huge epiphany I had over the weekend. We were doing this hike with, um, with grandma. And because we were doing this hike with grandma, we opted to take, um, the longer, less direct route, which I started to realize I got to the top of the mountain. I was like, wow, I'm not completely exhausted out of breath. And I can actually sit here and enjoy the view. And I started to realize like more often than not, the most direct route to anything is the hardest, most exhausting route. (laughs) Might get you there faster. It probably will get you there faster, but it's not necessarily easier. And the longer or less direct route takes forever sometimes, you know? And I really felt like I'm the kind of person that usually is like, nope, I'm going to rabbit up the mountain. I'm not taking the turtle route. I'm taking the most direct route and I'm going to get it done. And by the time I get there, wherever I'm going, I'm freaking wiped out. (laughs) And that's not to say that there are not appropriate times to definitely like fast track it. But the more that I, the more time that I spend on this earth, um, the more that I realize, I think the less direct route can really um, have a lot to offer. So 
bringing everything full circle at this point about finding your path and slowing down and being present and making decisions that are rooted in your values and having some space to listen to the messaging around you. And if you stumble upon something that makes you feel shameful, take the time to sit with it and be heard. And that, I believe, will wrap up our podcast for today. So you're going to have a gazillion trillion links in this episode. Um, But the good news is they'll live there. So take your time and come back and check them out. All sorts of good stuff from the two podcasts that I mentioned to uh, Brene Brown's awesome TED Talk and her website, which has this list of values. Um, And you can also probably pick up the Dare to Lead book, I'm assuming. Uh, and then of course, uh, the new Amazon shop, which has some awesome, awesome, awesome tools and fun stuff, as well as my October workshop. If you want to join the webinar for the holidays, it's going to be the first week of November, hop over to my Instagram, click follow and watch stories. Cause that is going to be coming soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the BU Find Happy podcast. And always, if you enjoyed this, click subscribe, leave us a comment, and send us a voice recording if you like as well. Talk to you soon. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. <laughs> for more inspiration, check out our links. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.